want to take just a few minutes to share a few words from God's uh, scriptures this morning. And so if you wouldn't mind, just, just grab a seat for a few minutes. And we're going to remain in this atmosphere of worship. But I just want to stir our hearts and stir our thoughts from the Word of God this morning. And uh, it, it is a season, kind of a season of shift or a season of transition, isn't it? It's Labor Day weekend. And uh, we have a tendency, you know, this is kind of the kind of the unofficial end of summer. We know that the weather's going to continue to be nice for us. Thank you. Um, but but we recognize that, that there's a shift that kind of takes place this week. And if your kids didn't already go back to school, uh, your kids' parents are going back to school this week. Anyone say amen? amen. And so there's a shift that takes place, right? The, the kind of the fun of summer with barbecues and the weather and kind of kids stay up a little later, schedules get a little bit looser maybe. And, uh, and as we shift into the fall, we shift into kind of a, a fresh routine. There's just a fresh discipline. And this morning I want us to kind of think about something just as we even shift. We've had an amazing summer around here at City Bible Church. I mean, if you've been around, you know that the Holy Spirit has been moving. And uh, there's many, many people that have been saved that have been touched. We actually had 15 people saved online last week. God's been doing something amongst us, hasn't he? But, but as we shift into the fall and the natural, I want to challenge us with a word this morning, and I want us to think about something, and it's simply this question that I want to ask you, and I want you to ponder, and I want you to think about this morning, and it's simply this, is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough? Or is it Jesus plus that something else? Is it Jesus plus that relationship? Is it Jesus plus that change in circumstance? Is it Jesus plus, well, if I just had that job? Is it Jesus plus if I just had that house or that home or that relationship or whatever it might be this morning? The question I want us to think about this morning is, is Jesus enough in and of himself? I'd like to suggest to you this morning that outside of Christ, there's existence, but there's no such thing as life. We know that Jesus many times throughout the gospel, and it's obviously recorded throughout all of scripture, but in the gospel of John in particular, there's so much talk about life, and you're probably familiar with the verse found in John 10, 10, where Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came, he's speaking of himself, he says, I came to give you life, and life more abundantly. Is Jesus enough? Or is it Jesus plus something else? See, Jesus came to give you life, and outside of him, there might be existence, but there's no such thing as life. John, who actually wrote those words and recorded those words for us in John chapter 10, verse 10, if you go over to John chapter 20 and verse 30 and 31, John, who wrote this gospel, tells us why he wrote this book. And it says this in John 20, verse 30. Now, Jesus did many other things in the presence of the disciples. In other words, there were all kinds of miracles and stories and testimonies that John didn't even get to capture or record. Which are, they're not, and he says this, they're not recorded in this book. But verse 31, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. These things are written that you might believe that Jesus is 
the Christ. And anytime you see that in scripture where it says Jesus is the Christ, what the scriptures are trying to communicate to us is that Jesus is God. That Jesus is the solution to the biggest challenge that you and I as human beings have. And that is that our sin and the death that ultimately we face is conquered once and for all by Jesus Christ. And so John says, I'm writing that you might know that Jesus is the Lord. He is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, here it is, you may have life in his name. See, Jesus came to give you life. And so the question I'm asking you to ponder as we head into the fall, is Jesus enough? tells us in Galatians 2.20, for those of us that are believers in the room this morning, it says this, it says that, that the life that we now live, we live in Christ, or faith, having faith in Christ, right? And so once again, it's this invitation to life. And so there, outside of Jesus Christ, there's, there's existence, but there's no such thing as life. And the invitation of Jesus is for each one of us to put our trust wholeheartedly in him. In fact, I would go as far as to say this. Jesus, you are made by Jesus for Jesus. Do you know what that means? That means you're not your own. You don't belong to yourself. Jesus actually created you for himself. And we're going to find out in Colossians, he did it by himself. In fact, if we go there right now, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15, it says this. He is, this is speaking of Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. I want to stop there for a moment and let's just ponder this thought because every single human being on the planet, whether you know it or not, there's an inbuilt desire to know God. How does God think? How does God reflect? What does God do? And here in this very verse, Paul tells us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God is like, you got to look at Jesus. In fact, a guy by the name of Frederick Bruner said it this way, and I love how he said it. He said, in Christ, God has spoken in the most human way possible so that we might know his heart. You want to know the heart of God? Look to Jesus. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. Verse 16, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Do you see that? That Jesus actually created you for him and by him. You're not your own. You belong to him. And he goes on and he says this, verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Is Christ enough? I want you to know this morning and understand this morning that you are created for Christ by Christ. You're created for Jesus by Jesus. Can I tell you something this morning? Your job, you weren't created by your job for your job. 
You weren't created by your circumstance for your circumstance. You weren't even created by your spouse for your spouse. All of those things, though good, fall short because you were created by Jesus for Jesus. You were created to delight in Him, to worship Him, to adore Him. And that's why every other thing that we could ever try to plug into that gap falls short. Be they bad or be they good, they fall short because it is Christ who is enough. Augustine, some 1,500 years ago, said it this way. He said, our souls are restless until they have found rest in you. This fall, regardless of what you try to plug into that hole, I'm telling you, it's going to be restlessness to your soul until you find rest in Jesus Christ. Jesus has created you for himself that you might delight in him and that you might worship him and that you might adore him. And can I tell you something this morning? That's irregardless of circumstance. I know that there's people in this room and man, life is going, you're living the blessed life, right? Things are just going so awesome and so wonderful for you this morning. And I want to challenge you this morning to never let any of those things become preeminent over Christ because he's the only one that's enough. But I also recognize that in a room this size that there are people, and man, you're dealing with disappointment. Life has not worked out the way you thought it was going to work out. You thought it was going to go this way, and it just seems like it's gone this way. You thought it was going to go up, and instead it's gone down. And I tell you this morning that Christ is still enough. There's a story of a guy that you've probably heard of. His name's John the Baptist. It's found in Matthew chapter 11. You can read it, and I encourage you to read it this afternoon. But in Matthew chapter 11, Matthew's writing about this guy by the name of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was the the forerunner. He was the one who was preparing the way for Jesus. He was out in the wilderness. He was calling people to repentance. He was saying there's a Messiah that's coming. If there's anyone that should know who Jesus is, it's John the Baptist. In fact, John the Baptist is the one that baptized Jesus. And when Jesus came up out of the water, we're told that the heavens opened and the voice of God the Father spoke and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. If anyone should have known who Jesus was, it's John the Baptist. But life didn't go the way John the Baptist thought it was going to go. What we find in Matthew chapter 11, what's recorded there is the fact that that John ends up in prison and he's about to be beheaded. His life is about to be ended. How could it ever go that direction? And so here he is sitting in prison and his disciples come and they're with him. and, and, And he says to his disciples, he says, hey, go to Jesus and ask him, are you really the Messiah? Isn't it amazing in those moments of disappointment how often things that we knew for sure all of a sudden we begin to doubt and question? And here's John the Baptist in prison questioning, are you really the Messiah? Because I thought it was going to go this way and it seems to be going this way. 
What we find in the record of scripture is that Jesus tells John's disciples, go back to John and tell him to look at the evidence. The blind, they're seeing, the deaf, they're hearing, the lame, they're walking. Captors are being set free. And the invitation, because Jesus doesn't gather an army and try to break John out of jail, the invitation in his moment of disappointment and despair was, John, am I enough? Am I enough? In fact, these words are actually recorded in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It says this, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the idea of life. There's that word again. Reviving. It's the ceasing of struggle. Our souls are going to be restless until they find rest in Him and Him alone because He is enough. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the invitation that Jesus is giving to John the Baptist in this moment of despair is, am I enough? Would you come to me even in your brokenness, even in the disappointment of it hasn't gone the way that I thought it would go? And let me give you the rest that only I can give. So this is the invitation that I believe Jesus wants to extend to every one of us this morning. And we're going to go back into worship, and I want us to stand together. One of the things that's really interesting is that, remember I said we were made for God, right? We're made for God. We're made to delight in Him. We're made to worship Him. We're made to exalt Him. One of the things that we see throughout the New Testament, it doesn't matter the circumstance, it doesn't matter the situation, Jesus is always worshipped. Whether you're a wise man or a shepherd, there were people who were healed, there was a prostitute, there was those who were dealing with disappointment. In fact, in Acts 4 and 5, we find that the apostles who were beaten and jailed and then released, told not to speak about Jesus, it says that they went out delighting and rejoicing and worshiping in Jesus. Why? Because they figured out that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. It doesn't matter what your circumstance is. Jesus is enough. And so there's some people in the room, and we're going to go right back into worship. And I'm going to open up the altars because there are some of you this morning that, man, you need to take a step of faith to say, Jesus, you're enough. I'm looking at my circumstance, and I'm just, I don't know where I go with this thing. But I wanted you to hear this morning that Jesus is enough. And in spite of your circumstance, I want you to worship him. I want you to adore him. I want you to delight in him. I want you to give him everything that you've got because he is enough. There are other people this morning that you're here in this room this morning. And even as you've heard me speak about this Jesus, the Jesus who came, the Jesus who deals with the the biggest problem that every single human being faces, which is the, the issue of sin, that which separates us from God. And here's the reality of the circumstance or the situation this morning, and it's true for every one of us in this room this morning. We are more sinful than we know. But 
We are more loved than you could ever imagine. Why? Because Jesus is enough. Jesus is the one that frees us from our sin. He delivers us. He sets us free. And some of you in the room this morning, man, you're, you're, you're trapped. You've been trying to figure it out this morning. And I want to plead with you. I want to share with you the good news this morning that Jesus came, that you might be set free, that you might be forgiven. He is enough. And so if that's you this morning, if you've never put your faith, put your trust in Jesus this morning, he's here. And he's extending an invitation to you this morning. And it's simply a step of faith. It's simply, God, I'm choosing to trust Jesus that he has dealt with my sin once and for all. And because of his great love for me, he's freed me to walk with him. See, he's enough. And so this morning, I just want to ask you, just close your eyes just for a second, just to lock yourself in with Jesus, to lock yourself in. If that's you this morning, and man, you realize, man, I've been wrestling and struggling and trying to deal with this thing called sin. I feel this separation from God. God's here this morning through Jesus and saying, I'm inviting you in. You're in. You're in. I am enough. You don't have to figure it out yourself. You don't have to do enough good things to try and outweigh the bad things that you've done. You could never do it. Jesus died on the cross to set you free. And so if that's you this morning, would you have the courage, would you have the boldness, would you have the faith this morning to simply say, Jesus, I'm putting my trust in you this morning. If that's you this morning, I'm gonna count to three and I just want you to slip your hand up to heaven. You know who you are, number one. Number two, come on. Jesus is standing there inviting you into his presence right now. Number three, lift your hand right now and say, I'm trusting Jesus. Come on, where are you? There you go, one, thank you, thank you. Rooms of hands all over. Jesus, this morning we just thank you. Come on, we're gonna pray. Lord, we just thank you that Jesus, you are enough. You're the one that delivered us. You're the one that set us free. And Jesus, this morning, for those that have lifted up their hands, Lord, just symbolizing and saying, I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I'm trusting him. I'm crossing the line of faith. I'm not trying to struggle in my own strength anymore. Lord Jesus, now meet them. Lord, they're forgiven because, Lord Jesus, when we confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us. And Lord Jesus, you're the one that makes us righteous. Come on, Jesus, thank you.